There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to The Woke Man series, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest case study on man where we talk about the conscious journey, as you would have well already heard now. There's many episodes coming out, and I'm here with a great human, Mr. David Rowe. Brother, how are you? I'm brilliant, Miss. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Awesome, Davey. Man, first question is, where did you grow up and where do you live now? Um, I grew up in Newcastle, northeast of England, um, and I live in Perth, Western Australia. Mm. Yeah, love the paradise what of Perth. What brought you down under? Um, there was a there was a good friend. I mean, I was I was working offshore in the in the mid eighties, mm. early mid eighties, and. Um, and there was this um, there was this stormy night, and there was four of us went to hide to try and get warm, and we're all drinking cups of tea, and and one of the one of the guys started telling a story about how he used to live in Perth. Oh wow! And he was describing how, how beautiful it was, and you know how clean it was, and and we were all huddling in this in the scaffold area, you know, drinking a cup of tea, and it was and I had these. I had these, like, I don't know if you remember Steptoe. Can you remember that old show? No. No? Anyway, it was this old show, black and white show, and this guy had these gloves with his finger, with the fingers cut out, so he had dexterity. Yeah. You know? But your hands were warm, sort of thing. Anyway, so I had these gloves on trying to keep warm and that, and he was telling me this story about Perth, Australia, and he turned to me and he says, Davey, he says, there's this drive, he says, called West Coast, like West Coast Highway, West Coast Drive, he says it. It's the most incredible drive, man. Says you want to see these beaches, beautiful white, like sugar, this sand, and the ocean just crystal clear. And the three of us were just listening to him, like just mesmerised by story. Wow. And it was like, fuck it, let's do it, let's go <laughs> to Perth. And literally, the four of us came these polystyrene cups and went, yeah, let's go to Perth. And we're wow. in. Within six months, he was within a year. The other guys were, and a couple of couple of years later, I arrived in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Whoa! So you've been this for nearly thirty years. Well, thirty years. About thirty years. Yeah, thirty years. This August, so coming up. Yeah. Are your mates still here, or there? Um, Jeff, the guy that was telling the story, which was a, one of the heroes in my life, he died sadly a few years later. He had a heart disease and he died, which was tragic. Um, Phil's still here, Colin, the other guy, he went back. So there's, there's me and Phil here, and Phil lives up at Exmouth. Wow. He's semi-retired, living the life on the beach. You know, wow. and he's, got a, he's got a coffee van on the beach, and he's just living the life, you know. Oh, that's living yeah. all right. Far out. That's crazy. That's a beautiful yeah. story. And how old are you now, Davey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm 58, 58 now. Mate. Beautiful. Oh. It's so... I'm so glad to have you on this series because it's a, like I've said to you before, it's such a testament to those people out there that are maybe on this conscious path or shifting and it's the, uh, the parents that they're uh, 
potentially wanting to help. And so it's really beautiful to see, hear your story through this because it's going to give, I think, a lot of people around yeah. your, your age and your generation that inspiration too, you know? Especially like yeah. my mum, my I think yeah. about that. It's just like so much inspiration for her. And, and what are you doing for a living right now, Davey? Um, I'm sort of, I've sort of come out of like semi-retirement to, to do this work, you know, to do coaching, life, life, mm. I'm a life purpose coach. I'm qualified. Um, I've got a diploma in life, life purpose coaching and that, you know, like NLP and all different modalities of coaching and that, you know, I've been studying for the past two years. So Awesome. Um, and you got your EQ and bonus? I started, yeah, yeah, EQ Wellness Centre, creating this place. And this is where we used to work from, you know, which we'll go in, I guess, later on. But yeah. this is this used to be like a like a warehouse office area where we used to where I used to have my old old Davy Row. <laughs> yeah, the old Davy Row, and, and and just what was that if people, for people listening? What was the old Davy Row uh, doing for a living? That, the old Davy Row, I was I was managing director of an air conditioning company in Perth. Yeah, called Vortec. Okay. Yeah. And um and then that sort of well I guess that was when you left that old side and you started moving down this path was sort of the moment that you had of a, like a the shift your conscious journey was shifting through that process wasn't it yeah the the shift came a good few years earlier you know the realization of there's there's more there's got to be more to life than this you know so that came yeah. in my 40s early 40s yeah but the big big push was about uh, 3 years ago 3 and a bit years ago you know oh wow beautiful so what's one thing you're really good at Davey? Um, I'm really good at finding the, um, the most efficient way to get results. Ah, there you go. That's probably yeah. the managing director on, in you. On, yeah, yeah. On my journey, and it's not just, it's like to get the most value and the best possible results in the shortest, easiest possible time. Mm. It's like, no matter what it is, whether it's, whether it's fixing something around the house or whether it's actually creating creating content for this, for obviously the authentic men, the subjects we're doing and whatever we're teaching on these courses and that. It's like I have one of these analytical minds that doesn't doesn't seem it's a lot less now than what it used to be. Yeah. But um but I, I see the end result, I see the little steps towards it, and then I cut out the bullshit and then I then I'm like literally go click, click, click and that's it. And wow. I just like have a little tick box in my head. It's like, yep, yeah, that's it. It's a good skill. That'll get you the best result in the short. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah. skill. What about your biggest fear right now? Biggest fear, I would say, um, probably judgment. You know, mm. still, still working with that. You know, um, of other guess, other like, people's judgment of, of you. Yeah, yeah, other yeah. people's judgment of me, and um, you know, it's getting less the more work I do on myself. You know. Like, you know, I guess like fear of being seen, you know, like out there doing this live videos. We've just done some live videos before. And again, it's a bit like, shit, you know, here we go, right? What we're going to say, what we, we do want to get it wrong. You know, we want to get it right. Mm. This, you know, it's got to look professional. It's going to, and you know yourself at the end of it, you're just going to go, fuck a lot of it, just get on with it. <laughs> then the more you get on with it, the more it just becomes, that's what I do now. Yeah, you know? fucking earth. Yeah, it's like a practice, it's eh? building a muscle. Forward. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. Just moving forward and getting and getting confidence. That's all this is. Just getting more confident and more capable and, and moving forward. You know. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. And what what's one of your favorite quotes? Um, I I put a quote on the when I was going through this this transition in the last few years. Um, I was doing my business card, Davy Roll Life Purpose Coach. And I wanted like a quote on there, you know, and I'd look through a stack of quotes. I've got two, actually, I've got two famous, well, not famous, but like favorite ones. And um, and I woke up one morning and I was just like in that, that state, just really relaxed, like connecting in and what could it be? And it was, and I remember saying to myself when I was going through this transition, you know, like like over the last few years, like, you know, dealing with my stuff, it was like, this is my time. And it was, and it was like, this has got nothing to do with Angie. I've been married, happily married for thirty odd years. Mm. Got nothing to do with the kids. Nothing to do with friends. Nothing. This is this is my time, Davy Rose time. And so the quote I've got on the bottom of the cards is, "This is your time." Mm. And it's and it's 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 very succinct. And it's like so if I'm talking to someone and they're thinking about coaching and whatever, 
and they're not sure and they're just like, you know, a little bit scared, whatever bit to be able to like, there's a card. And obviously on the card, it's got, this is your time, yeah. you know, because it's, it's time to settle. Incredible. You know, the other, the other quote is, which I'd heard years ago, and it was uh, Dolby, Mark, you know, Mark Dolby when we're, when we're doing the Brave and Barley. Yeah. They said, like, we'll just, we'll just walk each other home, you know, Ram Das yeah. is, like, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I was looking for a quote for the EQ centre to put on the bottom, on the end of the artwork in the EQ centre, the main room, and I thought, that's it. And as soon as Mark, Mark said it, I was thinking, because I'd been thinking for the last couple of months, <laughs> like, what, wow. I wanted what quote, and as soon as he said it in Bali, and I'd heard it years ago, but sort of, and I thought, yeah, that's it, because that's exactly yeah. what we're doing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that's, that one. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that means sort of like, well, what does that mean to you, that quote? It's, it's to be honest with you, another, I get, when I, I did it, I did an ayahuasca journey um, a couple of years ago. And when I, when I first, came, you've, you've done ayah, haven't you? Ayahuasca? No, 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 I haven't done ayahuasca. I not no, but anyway, oh. when you when you do the if you do the plant medicine, yeah. what was that? You're just breaking up. No, no, I was just saying I've done some plant medicine, but just haven't done ayahuasca. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, well with the ayah, it was it was like literally as I was connected in, like the first the first night, really nervous, like what the hell's all this about, you know? And I sort of got in, and within forty minutes, forty five minutes, little blue flashes, and it was like shit. This is it. This is it. You know, and the hairs on the back of your neck. And I just, just relaxed in, just breathed in, just really trusted the process, surrendered to whatever was going to happen. And, and this, and this beautiful, beautiful feminine voice just come pure through my mind and it was just, welcome home, baby. Wow. And it was just bloody hell. And there was like, it was like tears rolling down my face and I thought, hey, I'm home. And it was like, of course you're home. You know, it, honestly, mate, it was incredible. And it oh. was just, and that was it. Welcome home, you know? Mm. So it was like, the truth and, the, and that we all just, yeah, we all just walking each other home is just, we are literally on this journey to return, mm. you know, and go back to source and, yeah, connect, you know, it's beautiful. Mm. That's yeah. beautiful, brother. And what's a conscious man to you, Davey? Um, a conscious man to me, is a man that's open, mm. open and aware, and he's and he's accepting. You know the old, the old blocks in this, this this judgment and this pain he's carrying that 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 restricts them from being open to other possibilities and other points of view. You know, and we've and we've we've been there. A lot of we've been down that road, and it's and it obviously didn't serve work. Mm. And a conscious man. To me, as a man that's without judgment, mm-hmm. who's who's open and loving, has empathy, and just is is accepting of other people's points of view, mm-hmm. without without having to force his on onto them, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful man. What's uh, one thing that challenges you right now? Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Time. that's real. And that's just with your business and everything, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's been it's it's been a hard slow. I mean, I'm I'm nearly there to the point where, like I say, I've got one piece of wall out to do the AQ centre, mm-hmm. and then that's it. And then it's literally it's ready to open. And from the first of July, we're, we've got bookings now, which is amazing. Awesome. You know, so we've got people booking, got the booking app online and whatever. So it's all positive. But just awesome. getting it finished yeah. for next weekend, and then. We're launching, we've been doing this authentic men, me and Dan, Dan Hancock, you know, we've been running this authentic men group and getting the content complete because then with the COVID thing, we had to pivot and do an online Zoom mm-hmm. night, which then changed the whole concept of what we're doing. And mm-hmm. so there's been a hell of a lot of work over the last few months, mate. But um, yeah, I, I love it. I, but it's, it's like anything. I'm not the old Davy Rowe, the old possessed man, would have really like, like beat myself up, like mm. really drill, like come on, you know. Go, go, really, go, yeah, not good. But I and I'm aware of it. So when I when I feel myself getting into that, I just laugh at it. I just laugh mm. at it. And I literally about an hour ago, two hours ago, I nearly I nearly emailed to say, look, we're going to have to reschedule. 
Yeah. So I haven't got time to do this, this, this. And then I thought, David, just calm down. Wow. Just take a breath. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. That isn't it? I think I get, yeah. I feel you on that. I get like the pressure pinch as well. And it's good to see yeah. where you're at with it now as opposed to your old, the old self. You oh, know, it's beautiful. Big difference. Big difference, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's, what's unconditional love mean to you, man? Unconditional love, it's, it's, Again, acceptance, acceptance of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you've I did a um, I did a landmark course, um, landmark forum back, I think in the early forties, so it's about sixteen, seventeen years ago. And and I did the course and I got choice from that course, which was incredible because I never realised I had a choice in me, like from my story growing up. And and I was at this session this particular night and we were asking what to get up and share. And I was sharing about my son, who's a teenage lad at the time and peeing in the arse and he wasn't showering. And, you know, the old story, you know, I mean, obviously you had a shower, but he was like, you know, he couldn't be bothered and he was, and he wouldn't go to school. And he was like this, that, and the other. he's letting his hair grow. We're getting, we're getting messages from school. And he was like one of these rebels, you know, that was like, you know, like just booking the system, you know, and I suppose he's, I suppose I was a bit of a rebel myself, so he mm. and I probably go from from me and Angie, whatever. But at the same time, it was it was like hard work, and it was like, and I was sort of complaining about my son, you know, at the time, the teenage son. Mm. And this woman said to me, she who was running the course, she says, she just says, do you love him unconditionally? And it was fuck, it was like huge, like huge hit for me personally. And I thought, bloody hell, I'm putting conditions on my son. You know, it's like like I want him to be a certain way. I want him to be this. I want him to be that. And mm. and I thought, fuck. And and I come in. It was a, it was a Tuesday night, and I came in from this course, and I went in his bedroom. He was a teenage kid playing on computer games, whatever. And I remember going in. I says, I, I want to speak to your son, you know. And I and I and I went doing on my knees as he was sitting down, and I and I broke down, you know. And I and I, and I apologized, and I said, look, I says I've. I've been carrying this resentment, like, you know, like, you, you know, you, you, your hair's long, it's the school keeps saying, you know, like, been complaining, this, that, you know, you're not going to the show every night, you're not doing this, you're not, you know, whatever. And it was all of this stuff about, and I'm just like, and I, and I says, I apologise. I says, and I says, I'm, I give you my word, my hand on my heart, you know, and I was crying at the time. And I says, I, I will love you from this day forward unconditionally, and I, and I do, you know. And it was it was a real yeah. big connection to me, like to like accepting everything, acceptance yeah. of all everything, you know, good, yeah. bad, and ugly, and the different, whatever. Just acceptance is everything, you know. Yeah. That's what unconditional love is for me. That's a yeah. beautiful story, man. That's beautiful. And do you believe in a greater power? And what is that to you? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like, a, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a strange thing to be honest. I mean, I've, I've got an older brother, he's three years older. And when we were kids growing up, I remember him taking us outside in Newcastle. It was some cold winter's night, whatever, clear sky. And they were like looking up to the stars and he was like, he says, there's got to be aliens. Mm. Like there has to be, like there has to be like another world. There has to be. So look at it, look at it. Because we're mm. just one of them dots, you know, like like Earth. And as a, as a young guy, as a child, I was thinking like, what's you on about? Like Earth's huge. But it was like, then I realized the concept of a distance where literally mm. just another dot. I think one of them stars. And I thought, bloody hell, there has to be. There has to be like another Earth or another like other planets, you know, with people and whatever. And it was like, and I thought, shit, I, there is, there is, there's something else. There's got to be something bigger than this. And, mm. and, and that was it, you know, and it's, and ever since then, I look, I'm still, it's, look, I, I, I guess I'm, I, what I, what I, I class myself as spiritual. Mm. I'm not, I'm not really religious. I believe I did a I did a pact a few years ago, and I said I'm from this day forth, and I prayed. I've probably been praying most of my life as I was brought up, praying to God, whatever you know. But I didn't really understand what it was, you know. We used mm. to say our prayers at night and whatever, and like because my mother told me to. But um, but I, I, I 
when I was at one of one of my lowest points in my life, you know, and I, and I and I pray and I says from this day forth, I was looking for clarity on this situation I was dealing with at the time, and I says from this day forth, I give you my word, I'm going to call you God, whatever God is, I'm just going to put a name, a title on it, and I'm going to call you God, whatever you are, whatever it is, and and I and our classes now is like a source, is like energy, is I'm not really sure, you know, I believe we all. I believe we all have a spirit, a soul, and and the soul is the watcher, and the soul is the witness, mm. and the soul is unconditional love within us, and it's basically it's it's here on a journey, mm. and it's yet to witness what you within this human body and mind what you what you actually learn and what you achieve in your life in a sense, you know, there's yeah. no judgment whatsoever. It's just there's a witness. You know, that's, yeah. And I think that's a connection to God's spirit, whatever you want to call it, you know. But, mm, yeah. That's a beautiful explanation, man. Love it. Um, yeah. Okie dokie, man. Now we're going to go into the main questions to paint a picture of this conscious journey you've been on. And the first question is, yeah. what did your life look like as unwoke and what does it look like compared to now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, for for most of me, unwork life as it as you'd call it, it's I've classed myself as possessed, mm. like possessed, you know, like driven, just possessed man. I've called like me greatest shadow, you know, like possessed man. Mm. Like put a title on him, you know, and he was just this driver, this machine that was gonna, that was that was gonna get on, that was gonna succeed, that was gonna f- push forward, you know. So I was. Mm. I was driven to a point where I can remember my early thirties, I would fucking run through that wall, you know? It was literally, it was like, if someone says, you've got to run through that wall, I'll just blast my way through. And it was just a matter of like, just getting on all the time. And and even though I was like respectful of people, whatever, I get so frustrated if if they kind of keep up and, they, and they're not, do you know what I mean? And they're not as good as or whatever, you know, as I was at my job and just getting on. It was just, come on, mm. come on. You know, and it was just this push, push, push constantly in my life, you know. Whereas now, <laughs> now I'm a lot more. You breathe through it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Now I'm like a lot more aware, aware that I'm thinking like that and I'm feeling like that. That's and beautiful. I'm a lot more relaxed and I'm like, yeah, massive difference, man. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, in that period of the possessed man, what was your biggest vice? Watch me, what? Sorry, your biggest vice. Biggest vice. Just. Um, I don't know. I didn't really. I didn't really have like. I suppose work. Work. Was, work yeah. was probably me. Yeah, work. Just, just driven. Just. I'm talking like working 15, 10, 15, 16 hours a day, like just just a machine, you know? Yeah. Just to get on. Yeah, you know? okay. What about the emotions during that period? What challenged you most? I've got anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, and anger. Which one sort of triggered you a lot? Um, I think there was there was always there was always like anger and rage below like hidden which mm. never very rarely ever come out but that was always hidden but i think fear fear of you know that fear of being judged what i spoke about earlier you know fear of not being enough fear mm. of not being wanted you know that fear of like scarcity you know that thing of like you know am i good enough am i you know whatever like behind behind like this like the shadow of like that pain you know do you know what I mean? No matter what I do, it's never enough. You know, I always, I've always had to be more. Always had to be more. You know, yeah. like a massive people pleaser. You know, like go out me way, out me way to help people and to provide just to get that, that acceptance. You know. Yeah, yeah. Did you contribute that to something that happened in your past? That fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. Well, I've, the amount of work I've done on myself, it's, um, it's. I basically. Um, my father died when I was eight, and I made it mean I I had to provide for my family. Mm. So 
as an eight-year-old child, there was something clicked in me that went, you have to like work hard, provide, you know, and, and of course uh, back in the, this was like uh, literally 1970. So when my father died now, and and it was this this inbuilt fire which was lit. And of course, as a child, you don't really know how to provide and whatever. But as I became like a teenager and got my apprenticeship, got a job, it was this drive to get on to prove myself. And of course, I did um I did landmark forum in mm. like I said, like my early forties, and the, I did like the the main course and then the advanced course and in the main course I got choice which was just mind-blowing to me like I actually had a choice what do you mean I've got a choice mm. like you can actually choose to rest mm. if you want you can choose to rest and and then it was like and then then the realization in the advanced course was that what I've just explained you know you are what you are because of your father dying you know and, you, and I, all I've ever all I ever wanted was his blessing his acceptance of I'm proud of his son Mm. You know, he's all around my shoulder, you know, you've got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids, you've done well in business, you live in Australia, this is fantastic, I'm really proud of you, you know. But of course he was dead, so it was like I was chasing, mm. I was chasing something I couldn't have, you know, I couldn't get at that stage, you know. Yeah, well, have you found yeah. forgiveness for that and let it go? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah I mean... It's like, again, with the ayahuasca, the ayahuasca journey I did was, I did like eight, eight ceremonies in 10 days at, um, a couple of years ago at Rhythmia. And it was, it was just incredible. The most, if, 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 if anyone is ever considering it, it's like, I would recommend it, mate. It is, it is absolutely mind-blowing, life-changing experience. And it's and, you, and again, you've just got to trust the process. Like everything, if you're not sure, just breathe into it and allow whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And whether she's going to guide you, she's going to guide you. And I mean, even even on that first night when I first went in, and it was home, welcome home, and this that and the other, crying and whatever. And I'm like, I want to, I want to like, I want to connect with me dad, and I want to speak to me dad, you know. And and he's and he's and he was honest, mate. It was as clear as it. And he came through like his voice came. His his essence is, and I've I've never connected with me. I can't remember connecting with my dad. And it was incredible, mate. And he just and he just came through like the voice. And he's like, he says, "Not yet, David." He says, "I'll see you on Wednesday." And I'm like, Wednesday. <laughs> it was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean Wednesday? What's happening on Wednesday? says, we'll connect on Wednesday. He says, you're not deep enough yet. And I'm oh. like, what do you mean? Deep enough? I'm not, you know? And he was like, it's okay. Everything's good. Everything. And I knew it was all good. It was all, it was, I was safe. It was, it was, it was beautiful, mate. And of course, it was like, I'd say on Wednesday. And it was just, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. And I'm like, what's this all about, Dad? Like, what's this? And he's like, I'll explain it all on Wednesday. Everything's good. Whoa. Everything's and then what happened on Wednesday oh fuck (laughs) oh fuck Wednesday Wednesday (laughs) (laughs) fucking Wednesday (laughs) fucking hell Wednesday mate was the most was the most beautiful night of my life was the most beautiful day of my life and it's and it's hard to explain and and it was just profound. It was just incredible, man. Incredible. And I merged, I merged with my soul, like little Davy. Mm. You know, I merged, I merged with the soul. Like I connected to me and a child, and I, and I brought them within my soul. You know, and, I, and it's, which it was just absolutely incredible. And then, mm. and then I, then I connected to my father, and I, and I, and I see my father there. And I hugged him, and and I forgive him for dying, and and he told us how proud he was of me, and you know what I've achieved, and it was it was the most, it was just fucking incredible, mate. Mm. And it was as um, it was as clear, it was as clear as like 
when I met you in Bali and I hugged you in Bali, mate. Wow. Exactly, honestly, that that connection and bond. And I kind of remember him. He was in a wheelchair for the past um, for the last few years of his life. You know, he had a he had multiple sclerosis, so he was in a wheelchair. You know, and um, and I can't and is it? I can't remember him walking. I can't remember seeing my father walking. I was eight year old when he died, and I can't actually remember him walking. And uh, and I remember standing up, you know, and I watching him stand up out of this chair. And it was just fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable, mate. And uh, and and then I like it was like and I said, like, this is my son, and like my son was there with us, you know. My son was in rhythm. And I like uh, it was like as if I'd like <laughs> it was if it's, it's strange, mate. It's strange. It's hard to explain if you've never done it. But so it, your, it is, your son, you took his son to Rhythmia with you? Yeah. Wow, yeah. what an experience yeah, for you son. too. Oh, fuck. It was, it was beyond belief, man. Beyond mm. belief. And it was it was one of the most beautiful, like I say, most beautiful moments of my life. Mm. And I introduced my father to my son. And he went over and, and the hugged. And, us, and I, literally, I literally seen it, you know. I lay there and, you know, because obviously it's a very, like, visual plant medicine. And I literally watched my father and my son hug and embrace and then and then my son left. And, and then I sat with my father and we spoke for hours, mate. And it was, and it, it, was, it was an incredible, incredible experience. Wow. But it was, uh, so, it was the most powerful experience in my life. It was, it was brilliant, brilliant. You know, and uh, yeah, it was it wow. was unreal. unbelievable. Wow. So that, so that forgiveness and that and that connection to my father who died the the thing I've been I've been chasing all my life, literally, yeah. literally, dog chasing its tail. You're never going to catch it. That thing I was chasing basically went full circle into that moment, and it ended, and it ended at Rhythmia. And there was a, and there was a, I forgive, I forgive him for dying, you know, because I have a whole, whole resentment for him dying. Because we're pretty hard up, mate. We're poverty stricken, really. We didn't know what poverty stricken, just a family in Newcastle, England, you know, in the early, late 60s, early 70s. But we're, we're hard up, obviously, you know, pretty. And I'm thinking, was the anger, like resentment there to be father? And, and in 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 it towards the end of that particular night, which was just it was just incredible experience. And me mm. and me father, and he came back in towards the end, and he says, "I want to." He says, "I want to ask you a favor," and I says, "Anything, anything," and he says, "I want you to cry." He says, "He says I want you to cry the tears." That I, that I couldn't cry for you. Mm. That I couldn't cry for you and the family and the kids, you know. Uh, if I was on earth, you know, something, I was still alive. Mm. And I was crying and crying, and then I stopped crying. I stopped crying, and I, and I was sitting there, and I was lying there for like, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and just these words, and it was like, how can I possibly cry? Cry enough tears for me for me now. I mean, he was only, um, mm. I think he was only 34, 35 when he died. Oof. And then, and, and this tear mate, and it was, fuck. This, this tear come out my left eye. I was lying down on the floor and it was hot. It wasn't like a warm tear, it was like hot. And, it, and this massive big tear, just my left eye, like a big droplet come out my left eye there and it lay on my cheek as I was lying back like that and it was hot. Didn't like, oh, I'd been crying and I'd stopped crying and I thought, how can I possibly cry? Enough tears for this man, you know, who died so early in his life, you know, so young. And this big tear come like that and his voice come in beautifully clear. He says, that is my tears. <laughs> he says, that is my tears, son. And I thought, okay, the hell, how the fuck is this possible? Mm. And then, and that was it. 
And that was it. And that was his tear. And that tear eventually welled up and rolled down my face. And that was like the last tear that night. And it was like, fucking hell. I cried that last tear for my father. Mm. Yeah, it was huge, man. It's an incredible experience, but beautiful as well, you know. Like yeah. so, so like empowering, you know, like so like fucking fulfilling and like mm. fuck. did that did that stop <laughs> did that stop your that that possessed man? Did that take the heat off that possessed man because you sort of felt like oh. <laughs> Yeah, well to be honest, we are back in back in the early forties when uh, when I had that possessed when I did landmark and I realized what I was doing why I was doing what I was doing was for the father, just looking for his like his approval sort of thing or his um, acknowledgement. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's stopped then, you know, uh, really dropped down there. And then it was like, so I can still work hard. I can still build a business. I can still be successful. I can still provide for my family. But I have a choice now. Yeah. And yeah. I choose to do it for me and my family. Wow. That's beautiful. Man. You know? So the pressure of having this drive to do it because of disappeared and it became, I choose to work hard yeah. for me and my family. Yeah. And then, and that, and it took all the pressure off. And that was in the early forties. So yeah. yeah. Thank you for yeah. sharing that story too, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. Um, who does that, whose love you craved most? Was your dad's? Um, yeah, I would, I would have said so. That's as a child. Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. I mean, I was, we had a beautiful mother. She was, She's a beautiful, beautiful really? mother, Irene. Mother, a very powerful woman, you know. Really? And then uh, five children. So she's wow. basically widowed. She was in her 30s, early 30s. Widowed wow. with five children, 1970. Honest, mate. What a so, hard life, man. So when, when, your, when your father passed away, whose love did you crave most then? Um, it wasn't, I think it was just my father's. Yeah, I think it was always my father's. Just missed him so. I much. had my mother's in abundance. Yeah. yeah, I had me, I had my mother's in abundance, and because I couldn't, because I couldn't have my father's love anymore, I guess that's what I was always chasing. So any, so when I went into work or teachers or whatever, any like mature man or whatever, or like a mature person in my life, I try and impress so that people please her was a massive thing to me. Where just doing my best all the time, looking for the. Oh, pat on the back, you know, well done, Dave, you've done it. Thanks. But it was never enough, you know, so you could never, you know, you yeah, could never fill sure. that void, you know. Totally, man. Yeah. I think that's a really, I'm glad you shared that. It's going to resonate with a lot of people. And um, talk to me about your, one of your lowest points in your life, Davey, and did suicide ever cross your mind on this path? Yeah. Um, back in, so the business business went really well we we basically built the business up we were we ended up like the biggest in Perth 2014 for about two two three years we were like the biggest company in Perth you know when wow. one of those guys you know we'd how many people so the, sorry how many people you employ 75 80 wow big company okay yeah yeah it was I we were that was it with peak you know but um, but we built this great business up, and I'm a, I'm a sheet metal worker by trade, and I hadn't been formally trained as a like a, you know, I haven't got any business degrees or anything. But again, the street smarts, this EQ, I guess, you know, this emotional intelligence, that's natural. I call it bullshit, you know, but it's basically, you know, skills how to communicate and wake people up and assess situations and the awareness of your surroundings around you to see stuff that maybe others couldn't see. Um, so that came an abundance in a sense to like grow this business and, and me and Angie obviously she was she's backed us all the way and the business grew and grew and and in 2014 like I say what about 75 80 guys and we're doing a job in the in Perth yeah the city called um, the Children's Hospital and an Eastern States company came in and they they absolutely hammered us mate we went on this job and it's 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 renowned now. John Holland, the builder who was on the job, suing the suing the bloody government for something like thirty million or three hundred. I think it's thirty million dollars or something ridiculous. It's just a, it turned up into an absolute 
shambles of a job. It was a disorganised chaos, mate, this job. Yeah. And the company that I came over from over east to do it, the mechanical services company, they were absolutely hopeless, mate. They were so disorganised, so it, it was just, it was, it was a mess from day one. And the more men we put on it, the more, the more stuff we try to get done, the more they weren't paying with for variations, for changes, for this, for that. And over a, over a 40 months period, mate, um, we basically lost 1.2 million. Shit. And we'd spent, we'd spent something like 1.9 summit million on salary and equipment and machine and stuff, what we're providing for the job. And they'd paid were like 700 and odd grand at the time. And we'd been on the job nearly 14 months, mate, and it was absolutely disgusting with this company. And of course, but contractually, they were miles ahead. We were so naive, you know, we were so naive at the time. Because Perth was always built on like doing the right thing and like little Perth, a little village, everyone knows everyone and everyone's looking after each other. Yeah. And, and of course, the seasons to come, come over. You know, and it was like, yeah, we're going to be great. And we've got this great reputation over East and whatever. And, of course, signed that contract. And I, I understood the contractual conditions to a point, but not really, not really, mate. And, of course, I'd signed it. And then it was like, bang, that's it. We've got them. And they literally withheld money off us every month, continuously just bled us dry. And they were literally saying we're broke, mate. And this... This went on month after month, and I was in a I was in an organisation called Tech, the Executive Connection, real good business organisation, and I was doing a presentation at this Tech meeting this particular day, and and I broke down in in tears, you know, and they were like, "Whoa, what's what's happening?" And then I explained what the situation was, and it was like, "Bloody hell, Dave, you've got to you know you've got to just walk off the job." And I, and I realised the reason I couldn't walk off the job was because it was still connected to my father as if I was letting my father down. Shit. And, and this was, even though I'd done Landmark, all of this work I'd done on myself and, you know, like really like, um, done a lot of reading the different books, selling pound books and whatever, you know. And of course I realised I, I couldn't, I couldn't let them down. I couldn't let mm. my father down. And I realised that you never actually deal with a deal with a problem in your life in a sense, as in you tick the box and you and you get rid of it. Now that's gone, that problem's gone. Yeah, it's like you just become more aware, and you have the tools to deal with the situation of the problem. That problem did occur. My father did die, and for the vast majority of my life, all I, all I ever wanted was him to tell me what to do and him to acknowledge me. You know. So like that did happen. These are facts, mm. but but the way I deal with that now, and the way I acknowledge that now, if if I feel that coming up, because my awareness is obviously to a point now where I'm, I get it straight away in a sense, you know. Yeah. But at the time in 2014, and and that would that would be the lowest point of my life, mate. And and there were suicidal thoughts, and you know there was there was a, this particular night when I, I said before. When, when you asked us about like God or a higher source, whatever, and and I drove to the beach. There was this particular night. I finished work about six, seven, eight o'clock. I was just exhausted, mm. and I drove to the beach and and I sat and I cried and I prayed and I prayed to God and I made a pact and I said, I, I need, please help me. I need some clarity. I need to find a way out of this. I need some clarity to move forward in my life. And and, I said, and that was my pact. I said, from this day forth, if I, if I get clarity, it was like a bargaining with God, you know. If you give me this, I'll give you that, you know. And it was like, and I, and I said, from this day forth, I will call you God. And I will actually mean it. Yes, I believe in God, whatever God is, what we spoke about before. And, and I got home from the beach and I went up for a shower. And I had a shower and I come out and I was having a shave. And it was... And it was really strange, and it just went. All this information, all the reasons why what had happened had happened, and it was uh. just like, it was just like, bang, 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 bang. That's what's happened, and it was like, that was the reason why we lost all this money, and we had to walk off the job. Fuck. 
and it was this is then and it was it was literally and I remember going downstairs and saying I've got it I've got it I fucking know what you know and I literally wrote it down you know like this Whoa. and it was just that's what's happened you've done this in Perth you've worked at a certain level you've built the business so these people have come over they've screwed you on the contract you've you've signed it out of ignorance and out of, out of naivety you know you know stuffed as in they've got your contractually you're not going to get another cent out of them you've lost all that money accept it move on whoa so you, how much money did you lose 1.2 million and you just had to walk away I, there was just I, it was just Fuck, man. there was just and it, and it was that well that's that's what I'd spent on the job on top of what they'd paid were and it was literally out of like inefficiencies and problems on the job we, we were we were hemorrhaging money mate. it was a shambles and all the money that the owed well, the owed were like officially i think about 300 odd grand after that 1.2 mil it was like 300 odd grand or something off invoices that we'd had in and whatever and the gist and as soon as we started a down man on the job they just went your contract's terminated bang you're not getting another cent and contractually they just screwed with like that mate and it was like Bloody hell. But so, contractually, yeah, they were squeaky. So and they what, said, what "Yeah." What did you do after that? What, 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 led, what, what was the next path for you after that situation? The next, the next part after that was um, educate myself on contracts. I do a do a couple of contractual. I, like contract administrator courses and whatever. And I employed another guy that knew a lot more than me with regards to contracts. And I went to see a lawyer and we got more jobs. And then we ended up, we ended up on the biggest job in Perth, the Perth staging contract. So like two years later in 2016. So, two, oh, yeah. so that was 2014. So 2016, we, um, we ended up on the Perth stadium, the Optus stadium in Perth, biggest mm. job in Perth. And it was worth about maybe three and a half, four and a half mil or something. It was a big job. It was a big job. And yeah, we quoted the job and it's and it cost us sixty odd grand for a lawyer to go through the contract and go back and forward with this company we're working for. And for about six months we negotiated with this contract and we eventually got the contractual clauses to a point where both parties were comfortable and it was like, right, that's it. And that, and we started the job, and and part of the clauses in the contract was, if if the if the job is delayed, and it's not Vortex's fault, Vortex was a, the aircon company, and if it's not Vortex's responsibility, Vortex issues the company I was working for with a delay notice, and they will issue me with an extension of time. So we had eighteen months to do the job, and. If the job went out to 19 months, 24 months, whatever, because of the delays, they agreed to that. And that was the clause in the contract. So when me and our lawyer took about six months to get to this clause, it was like, perfect. That's gold, Davey. Spot on. Right. So now you've just got to monitor the job. So the job started within the first three months. It was it's very slow anyway with jobs generally. And it was quite a bit behind, but it wasn't a major issue. We should have been, I don't know, 10% and what only 3%, which wasn't the end of the world. We got to about five months, four or five months, and we should have been about 15, 18%, you know, 20%, and what only about sort of seven, eight percent through the job. So we weren't losing money at this stage, but we're starting to mm. get miles behind. So we created we created this histogram against the program, which basically said, there's your hours, that's what you should be completing at that time. And it was very simple. At the end of the month, the admin admin girl used to put the hours in of all the guys, and it was just self-populated on the spreadsheet, on Excel. And it was like, you know, you, sh- you should be 20, 20% complete, you're only 8% complete. So 12% was the difference. And we worked out the difference in hours, and we said on an average of 20 guys, you or me, I think it was, you know, like, three weeks, four weeks extension on the job. So every month we would send the delay notice and say, you owe me another two months extension on the job. So the job, instead of taking 18 months, is now going to take 20 months. And we did that for nine months. 
and every month we didn't get an ex- we didn't get a, um, a variation to the contract. They literally just totally ignored this letter that we sent in. But contractually, we were we were we were in right. And I remember we went back to the lawyers. We're doing everything right. And the lawyers like, yep, yeah, you're squeaky clean. They have to give this extension of time. They have to give this time. This worked all the way up to the November of 2016, and we're 48 weeks. For an average of 10 men, we were 48 weeks delayed on this job. We'd only completed, I think it was 42% at the time, and we should have been like 80% or something. You know, we're, we're like literally like 42 weeks on an average of 10 men out on this job. So we sent the delay notice saying we lost a stack of money in the November, and basically they come in and they were like, nah, we're not giving you an extension. And I'm like, you've got to, you've got to. It's now to the point, we're getting to the point at the end of the job. You cannot finish 50% of the job and 25% of the time. And it was like, you've just got to get more men, more equipment, more supervisors. You've just got to get the job finished because we kind of give you the extension of time. And I says, you've got to, man, it's your contract. This is your contract you've got with the same. You must give us the extension of time. And it was, we're not. And I'm like, well, what the hell are you going to do? I'm not going to, I'm not going to man up. I'm not going to, you know, hemorrhage all this money again and go broke because of your bloody incompetence. And then, of course, we had a negotiation and it was, we'll take over the job. We'll use your men, your equipment, et cetera, et cetera. And then, because we were going to downsize and go to the littler jobs and whatever in the industry. And anyway, the long and the short of it, we did a deal. We invoiced them in December. They then refused to pay the invoice. And then we knew then it was going to be a, a fight again. And uh, basically, yeah. on, the 20th, on the 20th of December, mate, they... They terminated the contract and they said, you haven't fulfilled your side of the contract, this, 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 which was all bullshit. And basically they terminated the contract and they owed us 1.15 million. They actually owed us in invoices, which we had to them on two different projects. They they owed us 1.15 million. And on the 28th of December, mate, I knew then that was the end of Ortec. That was the end of a company we built up we were 24 years, and that was the 28th of December 2016. Wow, and that would have been a very that, hard pill to swallow, man, twice. Oh, it was devastating, devastating. So, so we got the lawyers involved, more money, more back and forward. We negotiated, we tried to negotiate in January, and they offered with 300 grand. Wow. And they, they had to pay with the... We'd supplied 170 grand's worth of equipment, so they had to pay with that. So they were like literally saying, we'll give you 130 grand. Instead of 925, we'll give you 130. And we were like, no, shove it. And so we we put, we put a writ on them, and they paid with 170 grand within three days. We put a writ on them, they paid with 170 grand. And then it was like, that's it, then you're not going to get another cent. And it was like, well, you owe 925 grand. And they just refused to pay it, and that was it. And we went through the legal system, and the legal system's a joke, mate. An absolute joke. So what's the point of having a contract if they cancel it? Yes, because they have the money, and it's it's like you have to sue them in court, and the cost it takes you to go to court with lawyers, and this is like Supreme Court, it'll cost you far more than the money that they owe you, and they know that, and they've already got your money, so they basically go, you're not getting it. What are you going to do about it? Is this, co- is this quite common it. in business in that, at that level? Oh, yeah. yeah. At that level, especially in Perth over the last few years, mate, it's an absolute toxic, horrible, nasty shit industry, mate. The industry in Perth, the construction industry in Perth, mate, has just went down the toilet the last four or five years, mate. Oh, it yeah. is dog eat dog. It's horrible. Worse uh, than ever, mate. Now. So, um, what at what point then after that? Like, okay. So, I, I think you've actually already sort of started doing the work through all this period. That internal work. Was there a moment of awakening after this period, or was it before <laughs> that was like led you down this more conscious path? Like, what what was the big shift for you? Oh, that was, that was the main the main shift was when this happened. This happened early 2017, and then, like literally, 
from early 2017 to early 2018, I basically survived. I call it survived. I mean, I never stopped. I was busy and whatever. We, me and Angie, run to England for about 10, 12 weeks. And basically, you know, I thought if I go over there, punch your walls, scream, cry, I'll come back, it'll all be fixed. And of course it wasn't. Mm. It was just another bloody mess, you know. And, uh, okay. and of course, at the end of it, it was like, that year was all about survival, just, yeah. and I didn't do anything, and I just, it, where it was stagnant energy, and just this anger and this fucking resentment made, it was mm-hmm. painful. So I ended up, I ended up, we went through the lawyer thing and whatever, and it was a waste of time, and yeah. just cost more and more money. And we just accepted that was it, we'd lost the money, and, and they weren't going to pay without the end of the company. We laid off, we laid off all the men. We could have, we could have went into administration. There was yeah. a, in 2014, when we got done off the other company and we lost all that money, we, we changed the full account system and the business system. So we ended up with a $2 company business, which was like a contract norm. So all the assets and everything were held in the other arm. So in case anything like this happened again, then we could just go broke, you know, like literally go into administration. And that's exactly what happened. So, of course, soon as this, soon as the situation happened, the accountants who were dealing with it at the time got in touch with me and said, "That's it, Dave. You go broke. You go into administration, and they've got your money. You know this company owes you like nearly a million dollars." And I'm like, "But we owe that. We'd worked out. We owed the guys four hundred. It was like four hundred and fifty grand to pay all the creditors, all the suppliers." It was like 450 grand, you know, for all the redundancies, all the holiday pay, the sick pay, the superannuation, yeah. all these people were employing. And it was like, no, he says, well, that's, he says, the other company's got your money. That's, and I says, but I cannot, I cannot not pay these guys. And it, so me and Angie, literally, we had money, you know, over 20 odd years in business, whatever. So we basically put in an, an additional 450 grand to the company to, to keep it from going broke. Oh, and we oh. paid all the guys, all the creditors, all the suppliers. So we did the right thing there. And then it was like, okay, now we fight this in court. And about three to six months later, we weren't going to get anything. This company was just refusing to, to pay anything. And, and literally that was the end of it. So we'd lost, so we basically lost an additional 450 grand on top of the 925 grand. That's you know, incredible, but we, man. we'd obviously, Oh, it's fucking heartbreaking, man. Heartbreaking. So, so, so what? What was the next path? That, you know, you you're gonna enter onto a obviously finish the business. The collapse of the business was the wake awakening yeah. for you. What were you doing yeah. for healing wise going forward? Now, like, what was the biggest healing modality for you? I went. My brother. My brother's been doing this work like men's work and coaching work, whatever. He lives in America, he lives in San Diego, and he's been working with a, he's been with a company over there, um, like an organization called Remarkable Men's Project. There's a guy called Paul Vielich, he runs it. And they do a thing called Tribute, which is a tribute to man. And they go up in the California mountains once a year, and it's bitter cold, you know, early in their, in their season sort of thing, and it's up in the mountains, high altitude. And my brother rang us up, and he's because he knew obviously the struggles I was going through. And he says, he says, I'm, he says, I'm, I think it's time you came over and did tribute, this man's course. And I'm like, yeah, right. I says, let's do it. And that was it. So I, so I went over to America, and uh, it was that was the first man's course I'd ever done, men's work, you know. And it was absolutely fucking incredible, man. Mm-hmm. So fucking powerful. So fucking powerful. Mm. And that just um, what helped you yeah. be seen, revealed, and and just opened up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was wow. just and typical me. I've no matter what I do, I, I go into it a hundred and ten percent. No matter what I do in life, I'm I'm just I'm honest. That's that's the way I am, and I'm authentic like that. And I just give a hundred and ten percent to whatever I do in life. You know, I want to give it me all sort of thing. And and of course, I went on this course, and it was like this is what I want you to do. And I'm like, yeah, here I am. And it was share your pain. And I fucking shared my pain, mate. And I cried and I screamed and I fucking dealt with shit. And within the first, and I mean, there was two massive things. One was this resentment and this anger and the pain of these people that had 
cheated us, he and I, that, that refused to pay us this money for the business and we had to close the business. And the other one was, I was fucking scared, mate. I was scared to move. I didn't know what was next in my life. I was like, I, for the first time in my life, I didn't have a stake in the ground, like miles ahead, saying I'm heading that direction. Mm. I was like lost, you know, I was literally lost, mate. And I was, and I was fucking scared. I, was, I didn't know what to do. And, and by the end of that, by the end of that weekend, mate, I dealt with me pain and me anger. And I knew exactly what I was going to do. And it was just fucking incredible weekend, mate. Yeah. Massive weekend. Yeah, beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. That's, that's beautiful, yeah. man. How has your, yeah. how's your um, friend group changed as you've changed? And, and how's, is it much better now? Or, you know, what's that look like in your situation? I've, I've had, I've been really lucky when I think about, for friends, for me, like I've got some beautiful friends, mate, some incredible friends. I'm talking from childhood. I've always had, uh, all my life, I've had really good, powerful friends, lovely friends, guys I can rely on, girls, whatever it is, you know, people mm-hmm. I can rely on and whatever, and they can rely on me and that great connection. And a, a lot of my friends' circle hasn't really changed, hasn't mm-hmm. really changed with regards uh, to guys I've played football with. So I've got, I've got a, I played football, soccer most of my life, you know, and mm-hmm. I've been on few football teams and whatever, and I've got some great connections from the football teams and whatever. And still to this day, you know, there'd be a group of like 20, 40, 20, 30 guys who we can go out to like a big party and just have a right lap, man. Great awesome. connection, you know. That's so, cool, and obviously the new, the new guys I've met because like down at the swims, like with the Hugh Nexon's project or Paul Holiday and that and whatever, and all of them new guys, the awoke guys in a sense, you know, yeah. these guys on this journey, on this path and on my coaching, on my coaching course, I've met all these beautiful men, you know, it's what just, yeah, I've, I've been blessed with some incredible friends. You That's know? beautiful, man. What part of this conscious journey are you most grateful for, Davey? Um, I think, I just think my own awareness, my own acceptance of change and my own I'm just grateful for the the support you know the guys that showed him showed me the way you know I mean like, like I said the guys in um, the guys in America you know that that first men's journey I went on which really at the end of that I, I knew that was my path that was my future that was that was my higher purpose yeah. and like I said I've, I've sort of come out to like retire I'm, I'm 58 you know I'm I want to retire. I can retire. I don't want to retire. You know, <laughs> you know I mean, I'm financially You've secure. You've still got more to give. Yeah, yeah. I'm blessed to be financially secure and in a good position financially. But at the same time, I want, I want to be fulfilled. I want to be fucking revved up. I want to be lit up in it. In it, absolutely. It lights me up, mate. To to coach. So whether it's one on one on a group situation. And to see to see these guys transform in front of my eyes, like I've transformed another men's eyes. You know what I mean? If yeah. I have to see them that miracle and that and that change, and and it doesn't have to be hard. Mm. It doesn't have to be hard, man. You you know yourself with the work you've done. Look at you know it's like mm. the stuff we carry all of these years, and we think this is it, and it's like it's not, man. It's not. Just let someone in, let someone in, just relax, just surrender, just trust the process, let someone open up, have this conversation. Yes, it might be hard, but once you've said it once, it gets easier the second time, and then suddenly you let people in, and then they can help you heal, you know, mm. and they can give you tips and tools, and you know, and the coaching modalities we do now is just incredible, mm. incredible so now good, for transformation. It? Yeah, That's yeah, beautiful, it's beautiful. Man. We see so many people change. Yeah. We see so many people just grow in front of your eyes, you know, and like release shit that no longer serves them. It's, <laughs> it's massively empowering. Isn't it? Yeah, definitely, brother. And uh, this is the last question, Davey. What's one tip that you would give your old self who's starting this journey? Uh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> what a question! I um, I give yourself a break. Yeah. Um, give yourself a break, son. Just have a rest. Just have a rest. 
Mm. Right. It, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be all right. Just relax. Just I just give yourself a break and I just take a breath. Wow. You know, it's beautiful, yeah. brother. Definitely mm. relevant for your story and those who are resonating with you of like having to prove themselves to. Or you know, yeah. having to, to look after the family and constantly go 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 to keep make ends meet, and it, it would that will definitely be felt by those people for sure, brother. Davey, man, absolute pleasure to know you and to be able to interview and share your story, man. And, and I'm excited to connect with you again when we get back to Perth. Yeah, yeah it's been great to connect. Look, I really appreciate it, mate. Honestly, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's been an honour, mate, to join me on this. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, brother. I can't wait to share this. And to those of you listening, if you need to connect with Davey or the EQ Wellness Centre in Perth, I highly recommend it and you can connect with him in the show notes uh, on Instagram and social media. But until next time, I'll catch you on the next episode and take care. It just be, I got love in my eyes, bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love, yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.